0: God, my name's Trent Dean. You are listening to the Alt Ministries podcast. Today, I want to talk about three very important questions. Maybe the most important questions that we can ask. Um, <laughs> it's not where did we come from or how did the universe begin? Or begin. These are the three most important personal questions that anyone can answer for themselves the first one is who are you the second one is what do you believe and of course number three why do you believe it so why are these um, these questions so important well the first one who are you who you think you are who you know yourself to be is almost the entirety of the basis of your foundation of your identity Whether your identity is in Christ or whether it isn't, I hope that your identity is in Christ because that makes answering that first question a lot easier. Because you can look at scripture and see what God says about you, who he says you are, who he created you to be, who he is because we were made in the image of him, his image and his likeness. So we get to find out more about us the more that we find out about him. The more we discover him, the more we discover ourselves within him because our lives are now hidden in Christ. It's no longer I who live, right? But Christ lives in me. So who are you? There's lots of answers to that question we can say. I mean, I'm Trent. Um, I work in drug and alcohol rehab. I'm a father. I'm a widower. These are all descriptive words, but they are not the basis of my identity. So if I don't know who I am, it's actually going to get in the way of the second two questions. What do I believe? And why do I believe what it is I believe? So the reason these three questions are so important is because you can't answer one without the other. Once I know who I am... I know what I believe and why I believe it. But if I don't know who I am, there's some things that I believe and why I believe them might not even be true. So I had a lot of things happen in my life when I was growing up, just like everybody did. Um, One of the things that struck me the most is I was actually called stupid to my face by a teacher uh, in, in elementary school. And then shortly after that, I was diagnosed as dyslexic. Um, I could barely comprehend anything that I read. I could hardly read at all during that time. Um, So what those two things did at such a young age was completely destroy my self-esteem when it came to anything intellectual at all. So my who am I became I'm stupid. And the reason I believed it That's what I believed, and the reason that I believed it is because that's what someone else said to me. And I didn't actually have that evidence for myself. So, you might be believing something that's not true, and it's totally destroyed or skewed your view of who you are. So I can't afford to take someone else's word for who I am, other than the one who created me. If you did not create me, then you don't get to assign my value. You don't get to determine who I am and you have no say in my identity. Because you had no part in my creation. Now I understand we can all be shaped and molded and mentored and guided and all those things in our our lives. Especially in our younger years. But just because something happened to you or something was said to you. The only way that becomes attached to you as part of your identity, as who you are, is if you believe it. Is if you agree with what's been said or done, and you agree with it, and you attach that to yourself as part of you. This happened to me, therefore I am this. That's not always true. In fact, it's probably never true according to the word, according to scripture. So there's a, a scripture in Colossians says, I'm holy and I'm blameless. And i'm above reproach that word reproach means um accusation or accused so i'm above accusation and it says i am holy, blameless and above reproach in his sight so i have a choice to make in a scripture like that when i read that there's times i don't feel holy <laughs> i certainly don't feel blameless and i and i i don't feel above reproach either i feel accused but he says that i'm not in his sight so i have a decision to make whether I have to decide whether that's true or it's not whether he's right or whether he's wrong so I have to choose the truth of scripture over my current feelings or my current understanding of myself now this process takes humility if I'm not humble and I say that can't be true about me I'm actually acting in pride and I'm calling God a liar So I have to set myself aside, right? I have to deny myself in order to follow Christ. I have to deny myself my thoughts, my feelings about what he said and choose to believe what he said over how I feel about what he said. So if he says I'm holy and I'm blameless and I'm above reproach, that's in his sight, that's who I am to him. He made me. He gets to determine whether that's true about me or whether it's not. And Ephesians says he has qualified us to be partakers. I am qualified according to my Creator, according to Christ Himself. I am qualified. I don't. I hardly feel qualified (laughs) any of the time. But the fact of the matter is, he says that I am. So if there's something in your life, if you're wanting to pursue a new ministry or plan a church or start a business or do anything like that and you don't feel qualified understand that you are qualified to be a partaker of his inheritance he has everything laid out for you you are qualified just like you're holy just like you're blameless and just like you're not accused by him so i have to set aside how i feel about me in order to believe the truth about me and when i begin to believe the truth about me then that truth becomes true about me and that's how I see myself that's who I am and now I know what I believe which is the Word of God and I actually know why I believe in that's because he said so and I actually agree with him the creator of all heaven and earth created me and said these things are true about me I would have to be arrogant in my in my notions to disagree um, especially as a Christian so who am i what do i believe what do i believe and why do i believe it i was i felt so inadequate my entire life up until about 24 years old strictly because i believed lies i believed i was stupid i believed i believed i was incapable um, I actually shied away and self-sabotaged any good opportunity that I got because I felt so inadequate I would just screw it up anyway so why try and of course I would do that in a way that made it to where it was someone else's fault or some situations fault to where I couldn't move forward and whatever it was most of the time a better job Um, I'd even sabotage relationships because maybe they wanted to progress faster than I was ready for or I didn't think I was able to actually sustain like a good, healthy relationship, so I would slowly work my way out of it, of course to no fault or blame of my own, because my fragile ego and self-esteem couldn't handle it actually being my fault, and I couldn't even admit the truth to myself, though sometimes I was aware of it, but most of the time I wasn't. Identity in Christ is probably the most important thing for the believer personally to believe. If I don't know who I am in him and who he is in me, it makes scripture and believing it extraordinarily difficult. It makes it way more difficult than it needs to be. Um, We're supposed to come to him like children and just have a childlike faith and just believe what daddy said. And that's really... (laughs) Really all that it takes. It says, ask anything in my name believing and it shall be done for you. If I look at what he said about me and I believe it to be true in faith, his grace actually comes and makes me what I have faith to be. Grace is God's power to transform us. It's his his unmerited favor towards us in the first place and his power to actually change us into what we have faith to be. So my job is believing and sometimes just believing in faith um really com- sometimes completely against how i feel about myself and how i see myself because those two things are irrelevant when it comes to the word of god he's right or he's wrong we have to decide we have to make those decisions if i want to say god is wrong about me then i cannot turn to you and say he's right about you and that's something I did in my younger years when I was first coming into the kingdom before I was actually born again. Is I could explain the cross to people sitting across the table from me and, and tell them they could have this freedom that I didn't have. That they could have this reality that I wasn't living in. And praise God, a lot of them got saved. But at the same time, I was suffering on the inside silently because I simply didn't believe these truths about me based on how i felt about myself i was sabotaging my own salvation i was sabotaging my own growth in christ i was limiting myself from becoming like him made in his image being formed into the image of his son simply because i disagreed with his word about myself this seems so redundant but at the same time, it is, it's, it's one of the most important things in the world. And one of the ways that I got through this was, one, I determined that what he says is true. That's, first of all, that's what I had to do. What he says about me, about you, about everyone around me, is true. Period. End of discussion. Didn't matter if I like you. Didn't matter if you like me, if you treated me well, if you treated me horribly. it it didn't matter I chose to believe what he said about me and about every other person then what I had to do was I had to take that and personalize it so for me that was in prayer that was communing with the Holy Spirit in secret when no one was around when I was after him and nothing but him and I wanted these things that he said can be my reality to actually become my reality so it was behind closed doors in prayer that I actually began to see these things manifest into my life so my prayer life used to be what I call just the the common prayer life and this is just from years and years of talking to different people and very close to the same thing I was praying for Mom, I was praying for, you know, family, I was praying for financial help, um, but I was never really praying for me or about me, um, I really, my prayers were just empty, kind of, hey, if you get to this, that'd be great, if not, you know, you're God, I get it, I understand, there wasn't any relationship into it, it was just talking to the ceiling, pretty much. But when I began to change how I, how I pray, that's when my life began to change very drastically, very, very quickly. Um, just to give an example, I start I stopped praying for him to give me things, I, even, even the things he says that are mine. And I started praying from a thankful heart, from a grateful heart. That I already have those things that He's already given to me, that they're they're already a part of me, and I was just thankful that He was in me and that I was in Him, and that we were together and that this union is completely solidified and unbreakable. So when I was coming across, you know, in Colossians one, as to where before I didn't feel holy, blameless, or above reproach, but I I switched it, and it in faith. I began to pray Father thank you that In your eyes I'm holy You've set me apart as your own possession As your own creation Or that I'm blameless That you see no fault on me And you're not sitting there wagging your finger Holding my list of wrongs above my head That I'm forgiven Because you've forgiven me And and then that You don't even accuse me of the things that I've done wrong You don't accuse me of the of the horrible things I've said towards you you don't, you don't accuse me of the times that I was unfaithful to you. That you don't accuse me of these things. Thank you that you see me as completely, completely clean in your sight in every possible way. And that's how I began to pray. I began to pray his scriptures. Not like it was something he said, but something that was just true in every single possible way. That it was already true for me. That it was true according to his word. And that it was not only could I have it but everyone else around me could have it so I started praying for others that way I started praying for them how God sees them rather than how they treated me or how I saw them I did this for my wife I did this for my mom I did this for people that I that were that were mean to me that were enemies towards me um even one of the harshest seasons of my life I was still interceding for the people um that were coming against us and exalting them before the lord the way that he says they are so it didn't change how i saw them and it didn't change how i treated them or how i spoke about them i wanted to remain in honor and because he honors these people he loves these people he might not be pleased with their actions but any good father can love their child and not be okay with their actions so i began to pray for them According to scripture, I began to edify them and lift them up in intercession before the Lord when when no one was around to Know what I was doing or what I wasn't doing Because I knew I couldn't afford to see them any differently because then I would treat them differently and then I might say something and we all know the power of our words that they have the power of death and life in the tongue and I didn't want to be. I didn't want to be speaking death over these people, even though they were speaking death over me and over my wife and over my family at the time. I didn't want that for them. They didn't understand what they were doing. I did. So I went to the Lord in prayer and I said, "Thank you." I, was, I prayed for those who, who were perse- persecuting us. And a lot of those people, you know, since my wife has passed, have have. Come to me in one form or fashion or another And have repented and asked for forgiveness And it's an amazing thing They they saw what they did They saw how it affects people truly And they repented They had a change of mind They had a change of heart And that's only the Lord That's only the Lord And I'm not saying it's because I prayed I'm just saying that's what he does So when they came to me I, w- I didn't have a bitter heart towards them I could still love them and it's it's a beautiful thing so i have to see who i am i have to know who i am according to jesus according to god i have to know who i am in every possible way the one thing in my life that cannot be shaken is my identity if my identity is shaken it all starts to crumble because i have to be secure in who Jesus says that I am and the more that I believe who he says that I am the more I experience that as a reality the, the farther I go into it okay so that's why we have to know who we are two is what do I believe again we're, we're kind of covering all of these as we talk about each one because they're so dependent upon each other but if I ever ask someone, because I, I work in rehab, guys, so I, I'm 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 dealing with atheists and Buddhists and Hindus and and polytheists and I mean everything atheists, people that hate God, people that love God, people that don't even they've never even heard about him, and they have no idea what they believe. But a lot of people that have a different belief tell me, "Well, I don't believe that." So I ask them why. And a lot of times they can't tell me based other than based upon experiences from other people who represented Jesus poorly um, and then then I ask them what they believe and they say oh well, you know I'm a I'm a Buddhist or I'm an agnostic and I ask them why and a lot of times they can't even tell me what it is they believe nor why they believe it and I find a problem with that because one, if you're going to be for something, believe something, then you need to know about it. And two, if you're going to be against something, not for something, you also need to know everything about it as well. Because that's an informed decision. That's, that's critical thought. I have to know about something in order to disagree with it in the first place. If I don't know about it, I can't disagree. That means I don't have an opinion one way or another. So I can be honest and say I'm ignorant of the fact of what you're talking about. So I can't say I believe it. But on the flip side, if I have a different belief, if I'm Hindu or or whatever, but I can't tell you, I mean, a lot of times they can't even tell me exactly what a Hindu is or what a Hindu actually believes. And that's a problem because (laughs) you, you probably don't actually even believe it, it's just what you're leaning towards at the moment and that's fine, just be honest in that regard. So I have to know what I believe and had to know it I have to know it well like we we are supposed to know God's word like I'm not saying you can quote every scripture off the top of your head like you're some theologian scholar person no I'm I'm saying the word needs to be alive in you you need to be in it all the time you need to know what it says you need to know what Jesus says about everything that Jesus talks about (laughs) you need to know you need to have a knowledge of the entire word of God because that's what renews your mind. Um, because our, our our weapons aren't flesh and blood, right? But they're uh, how's that go? They're not flesh and blood, but they're powerful for the bringing down of strongholds or the destroying of the arguments. That that doesn't mean go getting arguments of that everybody, but that means you can actually defend what it is you believe. You actually have reasons. Legitimate reasons, both experientially and doctrinally, according to Scripture, right? That you can explain to someone what it is you believe and why you believe it. Because my whole life growing up, I would have told you that I was a Christian, and then just do drugs in front of you, <laughs> like it was no big deal. Like in the same sentence, like yeah, I believe in Jesus and snort a line. And call it, like I mean, I, it it didn't affect. My life in any possible way Jesus says you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free well that whole time I was living against the Lord the truth is there but I wasn't free and the only reason I wasn't free is because I didn't know the truth truth alone doesn't set you free it doesn't set you free until you know it So that's why we have to know what we believe and then once I know what I know why <laughs> why do I believe it because it's true because it's true well how do you know it's true because I know all about it I have all the experiences that tell me it's true I can explain to you doctrinally why it's true historically why it's true um, I can I can cite extra biblical sources I can cite non biblical sources it's because We're supposed to study to find ourselves approved how do i know if i'm approved if i don't even know the standard so these things are so important and for some of y'all listening this might seem like a pointless podcast and i promise you it's not this what i'm talking about right now is absolutely massive when it comes to your personal identity in christ you have to know these things you have to be able to answer those questions not only um truthfully but like confidently he had to be rooted and grounded in christ jesus he had to be rooted and grounded in the word with with the experiences to boot you, you know i live in a different way than a lot of people that's only because of christ that's only because his word has so changed my life it's so changed my attitude my perspective and my mindset and my motives That it's ridiculous it's changed every single aspect of my life and I can sit there and talk about every single one in fact I do (laughs) on a weekly almost daily basis whether there be clients at work or people at the store doesn't matter we're supposed to have a witness that doesn't mean hey you know I believe in Jesus you should come to my church on Sunday so my pastor can explain it to you No you have to be you need to be able to Give an account right Then and there and guess What as soon as you begin to witness as Soon as you begin to give an account you have a Second witness his name's the Holy Ghost And he's right there with you and he's all over it And your Words when you're speaking truth Become a life A life to those who hear them And that's how they know it's true because they were Dead and they heard the truth and then they (gasps) They became alive it's The word's alive and active Sharper than any two-edged sword, right? It pierces them right to the heart And that's the entire point point. And then why? Why do I believe it? One, because it's true And two, because I can clearly answer Question one and question two And now I get to see myself as he sees me because my other two questions aren't muddied. I'm not relating myself to past experiences. I'm not relating myself to past tragedies. I'm not relating myself to what happened to me. I'm not just a product of how it all unfolded, how life went. I'm not just a rat in the rat race. I'm more than how I feel. My feelings no longer have the power to determine who I am because Christ has already determined who I am. And if my feelings don't align with the truth, then I discard them because they're not true. Why would I why would I agree with a lie when I already know the truth? It doesn't that doesn't make any sense. Well you wouldn't do that with anything else. That's why I have to know the truth. The truth is what sets you free. And when you begin, if you're struggling in this area, I take this in prayer, and begin to pray in faith, whether you're experiencing these things that are as a reality right now or not, or even if they seem like the farthest possible thing of being true to you, you can take his word into prayer and by faith pray it as it is so. Because it is. He's not waiting to give you these things. He's already given these things. All you have to do is accept what he's given. That's it. Then it's yours No one can ever take it from you The devil can't steal it from you and The only way it can ever get away from you Is if you choose to stop believing it Or if you begin to doubt it That's why I have to reinforce ourselves Through the word, through prayer Through fellowship with others Through counsel, through teaching Fellowship I have to be in prayer Before my father Agreeing with my father Thanking Him that these are already mine That I can live and I can walk in them freely That I don't have to do anything to gain them Other than believe that my life Is now being shaped according to what's true And I have to be obedient to what is written To what He says to me Through scripture, through prayer I have to obey His word Regardless of how I feel about His word Regardless of how I feel about myself While discovering what he says about me, how he feels about me. The bottom line, in order, in order to walk in Christ, you have to get over yourself. Your feelings are not more important than Jesus. Your feelings are not more correct than his word. The truth you believe about you is incorrect The truth he says about you is correct That is the reality of who you are That is who he's made you to be All you have to do is step in In faith Believing that it is That he's right And you agree with him And rejoice in thanksgiving That these things are true And then you get to live in the joyousness of heart Whether it be in hard times or good times Because his truth never changes He Never changes. He's never going to change his mind about you. Ever. He's never going to change his mind about you. A million years from now, he's not going to call you out of the crowd in heaven and say, oh, made a mistake. He's not going to do that. It's not going to happen. He knitted you in your mother's womb. He knew you before the foundation of the world. He is not lying to you. He's not tricking you And he's not holding something Unobtainable in front of your face And watching you jump and try to get it When you could never reach it He has already Done everything All of it At the cross he said It is finished not to be continued (laughs) All things were made through him And for him and by him you're one of those things (laughs) he made you exactly how he intended to make you that doesn't mean your life outside of his will outside of living in him for him and through him that means once you step into the reality of the gospel And you embrace the truth about you according to what he says about you And you give up your life so that he can live his life in you You are exactly how he intended you to be We can choose to walk outside of the will of God We can choose to not choose him Or we agree with him And he'll change change your life forever change your life forever so friends answer these three questions for yourself who are you what do you believe and why do you believe it are you just how you feel are you just a product of how life unfolded are you the just the byproduct of the all the terrible things that happened to you or are you just the victim not saying that horrible things should just be passed over but at the same time why why are we allowing the past to have so much power over our present why do we do that to ourselves why has what's happened to me in the past have the power and opportunity and jurisdiction to actually alter the course of how I live my entire life from that point on? It can if we, if we allow it to. If we agree with what happened to us as being true and the effects of it as being true for us permanently, then yeah. Ephesians uh, 23, se- or not Ephesians. <laughs> Proverbs 23, 7. When a man thinketh in his heart, so is he what we believe is what we become. If I, be, you know, in it <laughs> in treatment I always say, if I believe I'm an alcoholic, that's always going to be an alcoholic. Then why am I so surprised when I do things that alcoholics do? When I want things that alcoholics want? When I think the way alcoholics think? When I desire the things alcoholics desire? But according to um 2nd Corinthians five 17, I'm a brand new creation the old man died and I'm brand new so if the old man died and I, I sit here a brand new man is the new man the alcoholic that died of course not so why would I limit myself to what was instead of living in what is I had to live in what is I can't afford to live pessimistically and just evaluate my life according to what i don't have who i'm not where i'm not um how life's how life is going i can't afford to just equate my own value and identity according to those things i get to rate my my identity my value my worth according to how jesus values me and what he says i'm worth and who he says that i am so no matter what happens in life i get to remain the same just how he remains the same because truth never changed circumstances change situations change relationships all those things change he never changes and he's in me and i'm in him we've become one through union co-union so i have the privilege of still being who he says that i am in the midst of anything that comes my way the same privilege that you have If we can deny ourselves and pick up our cross and follow him if you're just hoping for a better life i'm sorry that's not what christianity promises christianity promises you a new life why would he say deny yourself then pick up your cross and follow him if you want to follow christ you understand that he went to a cross he didn't go to a mansion (laughs) he didn't go on to just have easy days the rest of his life and died a very old man And was caught up to heaven no he lived perfectly and was killed for it he says to follow him to deny you you have to deny you so that you can follow him because your flesh will not let you put yourself in those positions that he put himself into he put himself in those positions because he's love that's who he is that's what we're made in the image of if I want to be like him I have to put myself completely aside so that i can face whatever comes to me without it changing me and making my heart bitter without creating rage and hate against my perpetrators in fact how many times did he weep when he saw and believe how many times did he did he weep when they when he knew these things were going to happen to him he wasn't weeping because he was weak in the flesh he was weeping because he we, he's weeping for those people because they don't understand they're just sheep led to slaughter so we have to deny ourselves and become who he says that, I, that that we are we have to believe him over everything else including our own feelings including the circumstances including what our spouses say what our kids say what the boss says whatever you are not the opinion Of others you are the reality the truth of who Jesus says you are never ever ever believe anything else and in prayer thank him with just a thankful heart that these things are true and that you're just able to live in them because his grace will make it so if you're walking in faith if you're walking in the spirit Not by what you see, but by what you know, which is the truth. That about does it for this episode, guys. I just want to thank everyone for listening. Um, I'm going to have more episodes coming on various topics. Um, Please continue to come by and see if there's any updates. I'll be posting things as they go. God bless you and have a wonderful night.